Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie. How are you this morning? Look, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, it's just like waking up was a bit of a struggle. Okay, I mean, look, I, I know that I look like this most days, but today felt a lot less like put together than normal. <laughs> I should care more than I do. I don't. But yeah, today I was like, ah, oh, well, as long as we're there, it'll be fine. This is radio. <laughs> It is. It's one of the advantages of radio. I know. <laughs> Let's be honest, if it was video, I wouldn't have this job. I would not be here. I'd be like, no, Lyle, you find someone else for that. <laughs> if, 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 uh, if you were a TV host, then uh, there would be a, an hour's worth of makeup and preparation <gasps> before going to air. Radio, it's like roll out of bed. Yeah. And just get, get on air. I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> Actually, you know what I'm thankful turn for? Turn up in your PJs. I am thankful for finding my keys. <laughs> Okay, that's that is always a positive thing. Look, I probably do lose them more than the average person. Cars do make more noise with when you have keys. Like it's ideal. If they don't make noise, they kind of yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem. It's a problem for getting to work to the Uh radio. Yeah, uh and it's like it's only a half hour drive, but you know, like that's a solid enough distance that you're like, I have to go now. Yes. Like if I want to be there, it's time to go. (laughs) Okay, there's a little device you can get. You put on your key ring. Uh, Let me see. Where's mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? Here, I'll show it to you real quick. It's a little square thing. Uh And what you do is you call it with your phone. See? Hey. Oh, I took mine off because it went flat. I don't have it anymore. Oh, that's cool though. Yeah, but you just call it with your phone. It's like, where's my keys? Uh, I'll just call them. Oh, that's actually there they are. so nifty. Oh yes. Oh, how are you feeling this morning though? Let's talk about I, you. I'm, I'm feeling wonderful this morning. What are you grateful for? Ooh, what am I grateful for? Hmm, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the police this morning. Uh, interesting. Wouldn't have been what I was. You know, it's we 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 rarely have positive interactions with the police. I've had two positive interactions this week. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have some positively different news. I need something to cheer me up right now. Okay, this story makes me so happy for so many reasons. I hadn't actually heard of this guy, and then I went and did a little Google rabbit hole once I heard about it. So there's a man, his name is Chuck Feeney. Have you heard of him? I'm not sure. Have I I heard of him? Maybe I have. I don't know. Okay, so incredibly wealthy man. Liam is saying we have. So Okay, so basically he he was one of the co-founders of the Duty Free Shoppers Group. Okay. So... He had like an $8 billion life fortune. Yeah, yeah. He, yep. If he founded that kind of thing, then he's going to be a wealthy, yeah. wealthy, yeah, wealthy yeah, yeah. dude. But he has achieved a 38-year goal of giving away his whole life fortune. This is a goal that he had. Oh, really? Yep, he is now 89. And he's given. He's just they've given the last part away in this week. It's now all dried up. That is epic. And, oh, isn't it though? I'm like, go you. Like, because he was intentional about that. So basically, he's an Irish-American man. Yes. Co-founded this thing. Um, And for about 15 years until the early 2000s, no one knew about this. No one knew that that's what he planned. He'd set up some um, philanthropic. Yes, philanthropic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just things. um, And just just quietly, just quietly and discreetly doing his own thing. So he'd been doing it for 15 years before anybody... Before anybody found and out. And then people found out because he sh- sold his shares. And then they're like, well, hold on. Wait, what's that going on? Anyway, I don't know what the conversation was, but then people started to realise. You said it looked like you wanted to say something before. Nope. Nope? Okay. Okay, brilliant. Um, yeah, so b- despite his... Oh, this makes me so happy. This is amazing. Despite his wealth, he doesn't own a car. He rents a small apartment. He flies economy and only owns one pair of shoes. 
This guy <laughs> is this legit. Is, this, is, this is definitely Minnie's um, hero right here. No, but you know why? I'll just do a little side note and then I'll come back to the rest of the story. Because we often think that to to give and be generous, you have to be mega wealthy. Now, he is mega wealthy. Yes. However, I own more shoes than him. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I have in my, I could be more generous than I am. Like, because he, he's like, I don't, that's not a need in my life. We go, oh, but, but all these things that it's necessity. Well, no, it's not. It's nice. It's very nice to have, and it can be handy in different situations. You know, what, depending on the life you live. You know, like if you're living somewhere cold or just get hot, you need you need more clothes than if it's just one. There are things I get that. Mega wealthy people actually need less, I think, than semi wealthy people. And you'll see an illustration of this if you ever fly first class. I've flown first class. Hey, that's fun. <laughs> Didn't pay for it, but I flew. Brilliant, it. even better. <laughs> Got upgraded. Um, and what do you what do you notice? Okay, so all of the so so all of the you, you walk into first class on the on a seven four seven right, and so you turn left, mm-hmm. turn left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the best. Never had that experience. Everybody <laughs> to the right is in business class, and they're all wearing like business attire, suits, and that kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. Everyone in first class, Casual? jeans and sneakers, mm-hmm. because they're wealthy enough. They're, they're, they they're not. They're not going to be landing and going straight into a uh, a, a business meeting of some description. Mm-hmm. They're, they're way past that level of, uh, of wealth. It was, all, it was all jeans and sneakers in first class. That's I, I fitted I fitted right in with my, <laughs> uh, with my jeans and Blunston boots. Perfect, perfect. I, I did not feel uh, conspicuous at all. I just sat there and pretended like I was loaded to the eyeballs. <laughs> was that a nice feeling for a while? It was a very nice feeling. <laughs> they, didn't ha- they had so much money they didn't have to worry about yeah. You know, this meeting, that meeting, the next yep. meeting, the pressure of, of whatever was coming up next, they were past that. Yeah, and that look, that does make sense too. And so here you've got a guy, he doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't have to dress nice to go to a business meeting and to impress people. Mm. He doesn't have to go to a business meeting, he's wealthy. <laughs> so all he needs but, is, is, is a pair of jeans and a pair of sneakers. But you're still making a conscious decision about the things you do. Oh, do you know what I mean? yes, absolutely. And this is the thing that I, I love about this story is you've got a guy who's actually realised, yep. I'm wealthy enough. That I don't need stuff. Yep, yep. And and like what I love about it too is that so he says he like he's very happy, and he said he's so happy to be completing this on his watch. Yes, he's like I've done this in my time, you know. And and this is what he says. He just says so many wealthy people. He encourages them not to wait until after they've died to experience the joy of giving away all their fortunes. Like he just thinks this has been the best experience. Um, and he explained, I actually really appreciate this too. He explained his motivation being that wealth brings responsibility. People must um, define themselves or feel a responsibility to use some of the assets to improve the lives of their fellow humans or else create intractable problems for future generations. So he's also got the mentality, this is not just about me. I do have an impact. This, you know, this is going to last. His donations have included $3.7 billion to higher education institutions over eight hundred and seventy. Oh, I like I like I like investing in education. Yeah, he's, yep. yeah, that's the thing. He sees the value in it, right? Um, over eight hundred and seventy million to various human rights movements. One point nine billion to various um, projects in Northern Ireland, including again funding a University of Limerick. Um, and it was his financial charitable actions that inspired Bill Gates and Warren. I want to say Buffett. That can't be right. Anyway, to establish the giving pledge for the world's world's richest people and those who take part in the pledge commit to giving away at least half of their fortune to charity. But him, he's gone. Nah, let's let's do it all. So yeah, just this week, his um all his little philanthropic um things that he set up, it's all gone. 
It's all and finished. he's so happy. He's so happy about it. I, I wonder what the state of his health is. He's 89 years old, mm-hmm. and I bet that this has been just phenomenally good for his health and well-being. Oh, Totally. Yeah, this is that's an awesome story. I read this story and I was like, "This is I'm so excited to tell this one." Um, it's just I think that's that's the sort of thing that I I'm very impressed by and can look up to. You know, yes. I have a lot of respect for that. Tremendous amount of respect for it. If you've got all that wealth, you cannot take it with you. So mm-hmm. why not enjoy it while you can? And he has certainly enjoyed it to the max, mm-hmm. and he's found a real source of happiness right there. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so somebody's texted through to say that it's only a problem with losing your keys, Minnie, if uh, if you lose both sets. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what my spare key is, <laughs> but it's not lost. Okay, I just so don't your know spare key, your spare key, should always be hanging on a piece of um, twitching wire somewhere up underneath the front bumper or the rear bumper. That's where your spare key belongs. Oh, interesting. It's that not way. There. That way, you'll never lock your keys in your car. Because if you lock your keys in your car, you just reach under the... Yeah, and you get the spare. Yeah. yeah. I think it might be in this backpack. I don't know, but I think it might be there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not look in Minnie's backpack. <laughs> if she doesn't know what's in her backpack, then it's going to be no a scary knows. place to go. Okay, so many stories coming through this morning. Where should we start? Okay, I'm going to start with this one just because it's the breakfast show. Okay. And I'm going to put you all off your breakfast. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, so police in Vietnam have seized 345,000 used condoms. I yeah, Yes. Okay, so these used condoms, uh, we assume that they've been collected from uh, brothels and so forth. Uh, when they're brought in, they are boiled, then they are reshaped, repackaged, and resold. No. Okay, so health uh, officials have classified this as an extreme health risk. Yeah. Is you can only imagine. Yeah, so I told, I told you I'd have a story that oh put, my you, days. put you off your breakfast this morning. Is this to save money? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, well, it's the money making. It's, okay. it's, they're recycling. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's it's recycling. I feel like there are other things you could recycle. Okay, so, um, you know, what it, what it comes down to is this. Really, when it all boils down, um, safe sex mm-hmm. is biblical sex. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they, you know, do this and that and the other for safe sex. Well, suddenly it's like you put it on a condom and wondering whether it was recycled, you know. No. Anyway, no. so just uh, thought I would share that this morning. <laughs> so I have something a little bit more positive here to share. I don't know that I do, but uh, let's talk about this one. This one's a, um, a story coming out of Queensland. Um, around about 200,000 Australians uh, are into vaping. And as at, up until this point, there's been no research on the chemical composition of the vapour. Mm. So there's been a lot of chemical composition of what goes into the liquid, but once it turns into vapour, the chemical composition changes. Nobody's ever actually done any research on that. So the University of Queensland is doing some research on that. A fellow by the name of Dean Mills, he wants to study lung function and exercise capability. So he's uh, surveying people between the ages of 18 and 35 who vape. Uh, Modelling on animals has shown a very severe effect on the lungs of vaping and reduced lung capacity. And, you know, going along with that, obviously, the reduction in able to do effective exercise and so forth. Uh, they've talked about how that, you know, there's an assumption out there because vaping is legal, 
because you can buy it, it it's must be right. better than cigarettes. Well, you know, okay, we just don't have the research on that to know for sure. We've certainly seen a lot of people dying from vaping uh, in recent times. And, uh, you know, if uh, I, the assumption comes about because people know that if cigarettes were introduced into Australia now, there's, there's no, you know, there's no scenario ever that they would ever be approved for, for mm. human use. Um, they've also found that in, as they've been doing their analysis, a lot of the products, a lot of the uh, liquids that are lab- labelled nicotine-free contain nicotine. Yeah, right, right. Because they want you to keep using their product. Of course. And so they put nicotine in it. Um, now, we're coming up to, in 2021, and I support this, an import ban on nicotine liquids. Um, the challenge is that a survey has shown that 42% of ex-smokers once nicotine liquids are gone, we'll go back to normal smoking and 37% will try and find the product on the black market. Those are pretty high. Those, Those are, are high percentages, yeah. yes. I think, uh, I think we're better off to try and re- regulate a black market than to make something available to people that is just poison. Mm. Um, but, you know, it is uh, one of those... I, I, in, in my view, I'm just going to share my opinion on this, uh, vaping, nicotine vaping should be something that is prescribed by a doctor for somebody who's getting off cigarettes and is a process of getting off nicotine altogether. Mm. Uh, I, I, I do believe that we do need to have treatments for people that are really struggling with these things. And uh, if this is a better way of going around it, then maybe that's what we need to do. I think it's a, it's a pickle that they don't have you know research to back up what is happening. That's the problem. Like, that's what I There's don't like. There's very, very little research, yeah. except for research that has been done by the, uh, the, the, the vaping industry. Yeah, but you can't trust that. No, of course not. That's just like anytime a study is funded by the people who no. like I'm like mm, the marketing I'm people. Sus. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so New South Wales are bringing they're proposing new legislation in which family members could apply to have relatives banned from gaming venues. So if you've got a relative who is a gambler, so this is awesome. Um, you can apply to have them banned from the gaming venue. Um, at the moment, you can self ban. Mm-hmm. But the problem is there's very, very easy ways of getting around that Mm self-banning and so it's just not working. Um, (coughs) New South Wales is the biggest uh, pokey state and so they are proposing a $27,500 fine if you've been banned from a gaming venue and you let them in, which means that they are going to have uh, a requirement to have to employ a gambling contact officer on duty at all times with advanced training to stop problem gamblers. Um, <coughs> wow. Yeah. This is the uh, New South Wales Minister for Customer Services, uh, Victor Dominello. So go, Victor. This is, this is great news. Good to see something being done. Um, he's also putting in there some whistleblower protections for staff that, uh, that dob people in. And this has come about after um, <coughs> a fellow by the name of Gary Van Duen um, went on a 13-hour pokey, 13 pokey binge and then at the end of it just commit, committed suicide. <gasps> it's a bit confronting. Um, and also one of the other things that has really pushed this legislation on is the impact that COVID had on the economy due to the uh, lack of gambling that was taking place. Mm-hmm. And so there was billions of dollars injected into the productive economy mm-hmm. when the clubs were closed and they've looked at that and gone, you know, okay, the, the money's going into the economy either way, 
but it was so much more effective going into the productive economy because, of course, pokies are not a productive economy. Um, and now, of course, that it's that the pokies have opened back up again, all the job keeper is just going straight down the one and bandits and disappearing mm-hmm. into the poker machines. Australia has the highest level of gambling anywhere in the world. You know that you're living in a country that is way too rich, yeah, way too wealthy when you're dealing with that kind of thing. Um, half of the pokies in Australia, in the entire country, live in New South Wales. Mm. So we have a massive problem in New South Wales. Um, New South Wales, uh, we face $6 billion, just our state, New South Wales. This is, we, we broadcast here in Faith FM from Newcastle. So in New South Wales, $6 billion a year in losses. Aye. That's pretty huge. That's massive. Um, up until this point, industry lobby groups have uh, controlled the legislation and now the industry is going to be held accountable for it. So... Well, that's good. Yes, it is. I think this is, is uh, important. This is this is this is stuff that we need to uh, we need to throw our weight behind, and we need to support it uh, as much as we can. And this is the hectic thing with addictions, like how you just mentioned the story about that fella. I know so many people. Well, actually, even for myself, I know there is. Someone said to me once, "No one is so pro um, unproductive behaviour as Satan." Doesn't matter what the thing is, whether yes. it's addiction of he any does kind. Not, you want, he does not want you to be productive. No. But then once once the action has happened, no one is as anti it. So no one will make you feel as guilty for doing the thing as Satan either. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Total just that, that is absolutely the way that he works. Yeah. And uh, and so he loves gambling. He loves anything yeah. that is uh, just unproductive and super destructive and just creates massive guilt. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so joining us on the phone this morning is Neil Thompson. Now, for those of you who are long-term listeners to uh, Faith FM Breakfast Show, you will know that uh, back in the day, Neil Thompson did a series on relationships here on Faith FM. Neil Thompson is also renowned for running a uh, a weekend program based around uh, improving relationships. And so Neil's got another program coming up, and we're privileged to have him on the show again this morning. Neil Thompson, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Lyle. It's a real delight to be with you and joining you this morning. Hey, Neil, uh, you've done extensive training in relationship to uh, presenting these seminars. Can you just give us a bit of a background on your particular area of, uh, of interest in relationship to studying into relationships and so forth? Uh, well, it started a long time ago, Lyle, when I first started um, as a local church pastor and just recognised that one of the real needs was actually just in helping and assisting couples in becoming um, better equipped to be successful in married life. So it's like, how do they handle conflict better? How do they um, relate to each other in such a way that it's a mutually satisfying relationship? And so that's just started a lifelong interest and passion of mine in just helping couples be successful in what really matters most to them, which is their their home, their family, their relationship, and so on. So, And since then, I've gone on and I've done significant training in all sorts of different areas that really relate to this core thing of strengthening the marital bond and strengthening the home and family. Yeah, and I just want to say, I just want to share this with our listeners because uh, for the last two years running, Neil has run a weekend program in the North New South Wales area that um, pastors have been able to go along to, and as a as as a pastor myself, it's been the most significant 
investment that uh, that my particular church has ever made in my ministry has been made in improving my relationship with my wife. Now, you know, I, I guess a lot of people would probably look at Shell and I and say, well, you've got a great relationship, you've been together for a long time, all that kind of stuff. Why would you need to go to a program like this? And when I first saw the advertising, I'm like, I don't need to go to this. And then I stopped and <laughs> thought about it and I thought, you know what, why not? And so I went the first year, got so much out of it, and then managed to weasel my way in to get to go a second time. Um, oh, look, it was great having you there, hey. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. And, and I, I would encourage I, people, I, I'd, I'd encourage people, okay, so we've been married for 26 years, and if you've, got, you've been married for a long time and you've got a great relationship, just do this program. Just do it. Yeah. I, and I, while I think what you're sharing is just so relevant, like, you know, the, the, the research says that most couples wait six years after a problem arises in their relationship before they go reach out for help. That's six years of, you know, your bearings on your motor just grinding away and wearing out. And instead of that, you could actually just take some preventative measures and actually just do a workshop like this that would actually tweak things, improve things, and actually just take your relationship and the quality of it to a different level. It's fantastic, eh? If, if it's six years before they actually take action, um, mm. by the time they take action, I mean, that's six years down the track, have most people reached the point of no return? Do most people, is, is, is it too late by then? It's never too late. Um, what, it, what it really depends on is the willingness of the couple to do work and to um, allow themselves to grow. Right. So if they're willing to do the work, then they will get the results. You know, it doesn't matter how clunky things feel or, or what's going on. The truth is they can gain a whole new love. They can fall in love again. They can learn to respect each other and to love each other. And I really enjoy actually just seeing the change in body language of couples as they sit in the room and they go from being, oh, this feels stiff and awkward to, man, this is so cool. And they're diving into the conversation. They go from having their arms folded to having their hands held in each other's hands as they lean in towards each other. It's just fantastic. And the cool thing is, as you know, like there's no sharing of your stuff to the room. No one needs to, you know, put their stuff out for anyone else to hear. It's just private. It's just between you two. And it's facilitated conversation. So it, it creates a very safe place for couples to, to grow and to share and to reconnect again. And that's one of the things that I found from uh, the two times that I did the program was that we were told, go and talk about this. You know, go have a, have a conversation about this particular subject. And so that's what you do. You're there to do the program. And so you go and have a conversation about that particular subject. It's a conversation about a subject we never, that's a conversation we never had before. Yeah. And probably never would have had unless we were told, go and talk about this. And it just gave us a and great when you had opportunity. That, what oh, yeah. It was just, you know, so much stuff came out. And, you know, we actually found that some of those conversations were pretty confronting, you know, and pretty and pretty hard to take. But it was such a relief to have actually had those conversations and talked about yeah, those there issues. You go. You know, yep. and, you, and, and you talk about, you know, how the body language changes. I mean, this is from, uh, what, Friday evening to Sunday lunch. That's right. It's only you know. a very short time. <laughs> and, now, and so much yeah. dramatic change in such a short time. 
It is. It, it, it's just fantastic, hey. And, you know, we've tweaked out from what you've experienced. Um, I'm looking at doing it from Thursday evening, Friday evening, and then the weekend. And it's just so that we slow the delivery down a little bit. Yes. So there's more time for the couples to actually interact and talk and chat and to process. Yes, absolutely. So you've got a program coming up uh, that's going to be available for who? Uh, for, for couples. So it's based in the Maitland area, mm-hmm. which basically, given the way it's actually been structured, you could be living anywhere in the Newcastle sort of Hunter area and really rock along to the program and um, have it go really well for you. And, so um, any, anywhere within an hour, hour and a half's drive? You know. Yeah, I would think so. You know, it, it's very doable at that rate. And it's, what can I say? It's, um, in terms of how the program's going to go, it's really set up really well so that um, couples can be there. They'll be sitting at a table. We've limited the numbers. So we're only going to accept 10 couples. Um, and there's a lot of interest already in the program. So, okay, I, so yeah, you're you going to have to get those fast. They really are because COVID set some restrictions, but also I'm setting some restrictions as well because I actually just want to be able to give more personalised attention to each couple who's in the room. So um, we're, that's what we're, that's how we're going to do it. We're going to keep the numbers relatively low, and then um, we're going to have a really good time together just just in the room, and uh, we'll set it up really nice. There's gifts that we give couples and a whole bunch of things. It's it's going to be really fun. Um, four days together uh, taking couples on a journey. And this is one of the other things that I appreciate about this program is that, you know, you often think, oh, I'm going to go to a seminar, so I'm going to work. No, it's actually, the the whole program is actually quite romantic. Yeah. has a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a workbook and there's information that you go through for sure, uh, but... There's a whole lot more going on when you run this program, Neil, that is that makes it much more fun and romantic. I don't know whether you'll be able to do it with you know COVID restrictions, but the ones that we went to, you know, there we, we had a we had a banquet. We all got dressed up. Um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, some of those things, unfortunately, due to due to COVID, like the banquet, we're not going to be able to do the banquet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because that's just, oh, I can't wait for restrictions to be left. And and we can do the bank and we can do all these beautiful things. But we do have a number of the other things that you really like as part of it. It's like the quality of what you experience is something that we're determined just to hang on to and to keep and to make sure that, um, that couples really get to experience that because we think that's really, really matters. You've got 10 spaces this time around and you're going to invest in, uh, in, in 10 couples here. Um, and so if, if you are in the local area somewhere, um, of course we broadcast out of Newcastle, so somewhere in the Hunter-Newcastle region and want to be a part of it, you do need to get onto a straightaway uh, because there is limited spaces. Uh, what's the future of this, Neil? Is this going to be something that's going to be a one-off or is there opportunity for more people to become involved? Is there opportunity for a Zoom version of it? Um, yeah, where, where look, does it go the, to from here? Where it, it, it really is something that um, really committed to taking and taking this on the road. So running this um, regularly in the area where, where I'm serving at the moment. So that's the Newcastle Hunter area. But then beyond that, actually taking it on the road to other locations, 
I'm also contemplating doing an online version, although that's going to be just the bare bones. And so I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm resisting that. I've, I've had people saying, oh, why don't you do it online? And I'm like, ah, oh, but, you know. It's going to be hard, very, very hard to have, to, to create the atmosphere. You can get across yeah, the, there's a difference between just information and the whole atmosphere. Well, that do you want just information or do you want the magic? You know, we exactly. want the magic. Yeah. It's got to have that magic. And so I, I, I don't think I will, um, though I'm tempted to because, you know, I know some couples who live in remote areas. So, you know, even for me, I want to take this so much on the road that we even do regional areas um, because I just, just think, you know, there, there are couples in regional areas who could really benefit from this. So I'm thinking farmers, um, I'm thinking young families, I'm thinking um, couples who have been at it for a long time but actually just really want to tweak and enhance their relationship. And maybe the kids have left their home and maybe, you know, this is the ideal time to reinvest. It's the start of a new season. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're going, Lyle. We really are committed to helping couples all over Australia actually just rediscover love and and joy in relating to each other again. And, and Neil, this is something that I think, you know, when we look at how God interacts with human beings and you read the Bible, so much of what God is doing is investing in relationships. It really is. God invented relationships because he's relational himself and you know, the quality that God wants. He wants really the best that, that we possibly can have. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about so, this. So you're, you're, you're working in an area that really does uh, date back to the day that human beings were created, you know, in a world free of sin. You know, that's how far back this goes and that's what level of interest God has in this particular subject is that, the first day that human beings existed, God created relationships between human beings. And, you know, so Adam and Eve, there you go, would have had to have started relating to each other to get to know each other. Then they would have had to discover intimacy with each other. And all of that was God's intent, God's design. God sort of set them up to discover all of that and to relate to each other. And it's it truly is. It's an incredible gift that humanity has that um, that we value, which is relationships, the ability to be able to give love, receive love, give respect, receive respect in a mutually satisfying way. It, there's nothing like it. Mm. And, and, and good relationships are possibly one of the uh, most beneficial, beneficial uh, environments that we can be in you know, for our health and longevity and so many other things. On the flip side, a toxic relationship can have terrible detrimental effects on us as human beings as well. It can. And I guess, you know, every here's, here's one of the beliefs that I have, is that every couple is doing the best they can with what they know. If they knew how to do it better, they would. So what I'd love to be able to do is just to be able to educate couples in how to relate to each other better. Like, like literally just last night working with a young couple, and it was just incredible just to be able to share with them a new way to relate that doesn't escalate into fight and argument, but actually takes them to the place they really want to be, which is love, embrace, and tenderness. And it's just like, 
um, to see the change in body language, the hope, and so many other things. It was just like, yes, see, that's what it's all about. And imagine, in my mind, I imagine that the couple's all over. And who benefits? Well, the couple benefit immediately. The kids, if there are kids in the home, they benefit. And it doesn't matter whether you're married, de facto, um, whatever. It, it's just like, here's an opportunity to learn how to relate in such an amazing way. It's so cool. And it's scientifically proven that this methodology that we're using actually works. Neil Thompson, thank you so much for joining us here on the uh, on, on the show this morning. Um, this is going to be an amazing program. We look forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, if you would like to get in at the ground level on the first one of these that actually takes place, uh, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 and we will see what we can do for you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.